Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to have more joy in your life. Hi, friends. Today, we're going to talk about joyful living, about the six steps that allow us to live more joyfully than we've ever felt before. They're not hard, but sometimes they take a lot of practice. But first, let's talk about joy for a minute. I believe that joy is our natural inner state. It's our essence. It's the animating force behind us. Joy is who we are. Anything other than joy, like stress and strife and anger and fear, those are all altered states in my mind. So I know some people that when they're all happy and joyful, they think that that's the altered state. And I think it's the other way around. I think we've been trained to listen to that reptilian brain of ours more. We've been trained to not connect to our essence. We have been trained to be so disconnected from who we are and what we're about as beings, as authentic animated beings, that we don't even realize our own sovereignty. We don't even understand it sometimes. And so I think from generations and generations, we are paying the price emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually with being disconnected from that essence of who I am. So joy is about blissful, amazing flow life. It's not the same as happiness. It's the essence. It's like the difference between the thermometer and the thermostat, right? The temperature in the room is the happiness. What you have it set on, that's your joy level. And some people have a set point that's kind of low because they don't even realize it can feel joyful, or maybe they think it's a sin or it's bad. And that's not the case. That's who you are. So in all of our development and all of our life and all of our journey, I believe it is about kind of peeling away and undoing the lies we tell ourselves that we picked up along the way, or the things that were true that aren't true anymore, or getting rid of the ways of being that squash us down and separate us from who we are. So I think if we begin to really delve a little deeper into what is separating us from our own essence, we'll then be able to stand in our sovereignty as an amazing being. Now, I believe everybody's essence is joy, even the people who do despicable things. Their despicable actions come because of the lies and the deception and the dishonesty that they say to themselves and that they actually believe. So that doesn't mean there's no consequence, and it doesn't mean I agree. It means that every baby, when we're all born, there's beauty in that essence. There's joy in that essence. So what happens? What happens over time, right? That autobiography and how we sense things, that's that's where the, the issues become. And that's where the trouble of anxiety or or all different kinds of things, depression and upset and anger and fear and rage and blame all come from disconnection from who we really are. So I want you to think for a minute. Um, we all know how much I love music. I want you to think for a minute about Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. 
Now, if you don't know it right away or you're trying to think Beethoven's Ninth, Beethoven's Ninth, the name of that symphony is Ode to Joy. Yes, Ode to Joy. Now, that symphony is beautiful. And I listen to it often. And one of the things I notice about it is there's places of what I would call contemplation. There's places of starts and stops and dysregulation, kind of. There's smooth parts. There's crescendos. There's places where it starts and then stops. And there's all different kinds of glimpses into kind of like how joy can be so intense and beautiful and profound. And also it can be smooth and beautiful. That it's that essence that drives this, right? So just like an orchestra with all the different instruments playing their own role and bringing together this this beauty, this joy, that's how we are, I think. We have lots of different pieces of us that come together to create the joy. Now, if several, if, if half the orchestra was playing off key and the other half was playing on key or on the right beat or the wrong beat, like they were all jumbled up, it wouldn't be nearly as beautiful. So part of our job, our work, if you will, I call it more of an experience and in like an adventure, is to say, okay, how can I get all my instruments, all the parts of me, to play and cooperate and work together for that joy experience in the face of contemplation, in the face of stress, in the face of all different kinds of things. Now, remember that Beethoven never heard a word of, of, of his own music. He felt it, though. So I think that there's something in that. So if you haven't heard Beethoven's Ninth lately, go listen to it. And you'll see when I'm talking about how it has so much nuance and depth and richness to it. That, I believe, is how we're connected to our joy. And we get disconnected from our joy with the stress and the chaos and the craziness in our world. And there's a lot of it, right? There's distraction everywhere. And then when you're distracted over here, somebody's saying, oh, you're distracted. And they distract you over there or whatever. Then we have inner distractions, right? We have all of these things happening when really the truth is we're meant to live in a flow, in the cycle of seasons, where we have winter and spring and summer and fall within our own being. We're meant to stand in our sovereignty, meaning standing in your essence of who you are, not from an ego-centered, angry, blaming place. That's fear in action. When you see somebody blaming or angry, they're fearful. They're scared. That's where the anger comes from. It comes from fear being turned up, and it comes from, it starts with pain. All anger is a secondary emotion. So when somebody's frustrated or irritated or angry, they're hurting and they're scared. That's a separation from joy. That doesn't mean the joy is not in there. It means that the separation has happened. So what do we do, right? How do we handle this? Where we realize that joy and happiness are different and that it's not all about being, you know, like um, Pollyanna and always happy all the time, but it's about understanding that my essence of who I am and how I operate is a state of well-being, is a state of flow, which is a state of joy. And on a deeper level, we can use this feeling, this essence, this knowingness to help drive our goals, to help keep us motivated, to keep the dopamine levels in our brain high enough to keep us going, right? Like there's all these different facets. So when you connect to your inner self, you've done this before where you've been in such a flow where you lost track of time. <laughs> 
where you were so creative, maybe writing or creating music or something where it just kept coming out of you and coming out of you and you didn't, you didn't know how to stop it and you didn't want to stop it. Those are all moments when you touch into that fountain of joy. Now, for me, the cool part is it never ends like that. It's always there. There's always more where that came from. You know, I had a, a, an employer many years ago um, basically steal all my intellectual property. And I just, I, I was really upset by it on a human level, but I kept getting the message. There's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. And the truth is there's a lot more where that came from. And so you are the same way. There's always more. There's always something amazing and beautiful trying to emerge through you. And if you haven't noticed, when you want to bring something forth and you stop it for some reason, I'm afraid, you say I'm afraid or I'm too old or that's not for me or I can't do it good enough or I don't know anything about it. All of those excuses you give yourself, the more you separate yourself from that that feeling, the more angst you'll feel, the more upset you'll feel, the more angry and irritated you will be. And it's because you're blocking your own flow. You're blocking your own goodness by telling yourself a lie, like I'm too old or I can't, or I'm not educated, or I don't have the right degree, blah, blah, blah. I hear it all the time. The truth is when you connect to your inner sovereignty and you stand in that higher authority of who you are really sucking air here on planet earth right now, when you let yourself connect to that you know. You know who you are. You know what you're meant to do. You know what you're meant not to do. You know. You have an inner knowingness. And to the extent you separate yourself from that, or to the extent that you pretend like it's not there, or to the extent you let fear and anger and craziness and chaos distract you from it, you will feel unsettled, unhappy, and yucky 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 that's the word yucky and we don't want to feel that way so here's your six steps we're going to have six steps and i don't know no accident that the word joyful has six letters and so we're going to spell the word joyful so this will make it really easy for you to remember what to do all right the first step is jettison i love that word not the jetsons jettison jettison anything that's not serving your highest good Anything that's in the way, people, places, situations, memories, stuff that's in the way of your higher future. In order to do this, we want to practice a lot of self-compassion and self-forgiveness and realize that our past is our past and it's not something to hold against ourselves. So sometimes we have to release that self-judgment or that um, that upset we might feel over something when really it's it's done. And bringing the past into the future sabotages and sucks your joy dry. So we're going to jettison the things that get in the way of our future. One of the things I say, a little prayer I say at night, is release from my life anything that's in the way of my highest good and serving the highest good of being a beneficial presence, and then bring into my life what will serve that higher mission. And the reason why I release what's no longer working before I call in what it is I'm looking for or what I want to have show up is because of the spiritual principle of denial and affirmations, meaning deny whatever it is that's in the way. That doesn't mean lie about it, not not the secular definition of denial, the spiritual one that says, I take the power away from you, the power away from obsessing on the past or mistakes or guilt. The power of 
oh, I didn't, I made this wrong decision 25 years ago, or even yesterday or this morning, I did something I'm not happy about. That in every moment, we can re engage that natural essence in us that is always trying to emerge. Any angst you feel or any upset you feel or any difficulty you have is because on some level, you're denying that inner beauty to show up. It's always trying to emerge. And when you keep stopping it and blocking it, knowingly or unknowingly, this is not about fault. It's about awareness here. Then we create difficulties for ourselves. And I do it too. We all do it. All humans. And so it's important to say, wow, I don't feel so great today. What is it that I'm blocking? What is it that I'm stopping? What is it that I'm holding on to that it's time to jettison? Jettison it. And that, now you notice I use the word jettison mostly because it starts with a J, but it also has another meaning. It The reason why I used it is that is because it's a powerful word. Like Jettison is not to just say, oh, I don't think I should have you here anymore. I know I really love you. You you can go over here. No, it's about get out. And sometimes I have to do that to the thoughts in my head that are relentless that are not exactly where I want to take my life, right? Like a big one, you guys are all going to laugh, but a big one is that um, for many, many years, I believe that because I'm short, I'm 4'11", that because I'm short, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I have been punched in the eye unknowingly by people in networking events, tall people put their hands on their hips. And if I'm walking by, that's about my eye level. And so for many years when I was younger, I thought that that meant I, you know, wasn't, I'm not good enough because I'm not tall and I don't have that therefore that presence because I'm also an introvert. So I'm not a tall extrovert. So therefore I don't have any value. And it was killing my joy many, many years ago. And so I had to turn that belief around within me so that the opening would happen so that the joy could come out. Now I think it's kind of funny. I've changed it from, oh my God, this is a liability. To this. Actually, it's kind of fun when people actually meet me and they see how short I really am. They go, wow, I thought you were taller. And I'm like, yeah, because when you let your joy show up and you let your essence show up, then that is who you really are. Our bodies are like the car. There's more to us. The energy of you introduces you before you even speak. So jettison the things that are in your way or are not serving you. That's number one. Number two, you want to omit worry. Now, my definition of worry is praying for something to go wrong. Worry means I'm going into the future and I'm focusing my mind on how everything could go wrong. That gets in your way of your joy. So I just remind myself, you know, worry means praying for something to go wrong. Worry means I'm focused on what's going wrong and I'm going to create that because of the power of my mind and the power of my words. So when we worry about tomorrow or next week or next year, we're wasting today. That's not the goal. The goal is to be fully in the present, knowing where we're headed, standing in our sovereignty, allowing our joy to emerge and help us live the life we're meant to live and give what we're meant to give. Because we're all here to be a beneficial presence to serve in some way. And when we have all this other stuff going on, we're missing the mark and it doesn't, doesn't make life very fun. The other thing that worry does is it robs you of future possibilities. Because worry sucks you dry and, and lowers your energy field and makes you feel all heavy and depressed and not very hopeful, and not very joyful. So opportunities that could come your way 
you are going to often dismiss or um, not allow in as an option because the worry got in the way. So we're going to jettison the past. We're going to omit worry. And then we're going to, why? We're going to yield. We're going to yield to our higher knowingness, to understanding that there's a perfect timing for everything. Now, gifted creative people, you guys are the ones that are ahead of your time. Usually I'm two to five years ahead of the popular culture and my ideas or my understandings of things. So I can put it out there. Nobody will understand me. And then pretty soon, you know, two, three, four years later, people go, oh, and they'll act like it's new information when I've been saying it all along. You all have those experiences too. And so there is a higher timing as far as the consciousness of the world and as far as what's happening. And sometimes our great ideas come in so strong that we think they should happen like by lunchtime. Well, maybe it's something that's going to happen over the next several years, or maybe it's not the weekend project. It feels like it should be from its intensity. So I had to learn very early, and I encourage you to learn this if you haven't already, that intensity of how the message is coming through or the idea or whatever it is, is independent of time and space. Because it comes through intense doesn't mean it has to happen right away. I used to think that, and I really created a lot of problems for myself. So we're going to yield to what the higher higher calling is, what our higher plan is, what's really going on, the bigger picture. We're going to expand out of our little blinders on lane and look out into the world. And we're going to learn how to be content no matter what's going on. Like I can be in the moment and breathing and content, even if there's a part of me that wants to be frustrated because we're not going as fast as I want to, or even if this, or even if that. And it's time to learn how to be content. It's time to learn how to yield to understanding that just maybe some of the people in your world aren't where you are yet. And it's time to patiently and lovingly toward yourself and them wait and hang out and be content. It's okay. It all doesn't have to be done by lunchtime, whatever the it is. It does not. So if we're going to be joyful, we want to learn how to yield to whatever the the flow of what's going on is. It's like tubing down a river, right? I used to do that a lot in college. And, and you don't try to hurry up the river. You lay in that tube and you relax and you have a good old time, right? Just uh, hands out and we're just going to watch the sky or whatever. And if we hold on to a branch, we get the thrill of the water rushing. But eventually we let go and we still are going at what? The pace of the river. So it's much more beneficial to go with the pace of the river than it is to um, try to force it. So we have jettison, we have omit, and we have yield. The fourth one is to focus on excellence. Now, excellence and perfection are not the same thing. Excellence means that I'm open-minded, I'm always willing to learn, and I know there's always more. There's always more to learn. There's always a different way to be. There's always things to understand. There's always more. Life is full of nuance and depth that are absolutely amazing. And there's always more. So when we focus on excellence, we're open-minded and we're placing our attention and our intention on growth and opportunity and openness. Now, perfectionism 
um, often comes from fear. And a lot of people who are gifted have a lot of people who have in general. And perfectionism means that I'm rigid and I'm limited and has to be a certain way or else. And so what I tell all my clients, especially people starting big projects, and that is, it's never going to turn out like you think. It's always going to be better as long as you stay in the flow. Because your brilliant idea today, that is brilliant. As you walk toward that and you do the work to get there, whatever the idea is, whether it's writing a book or writing a song or, you know, doing whatever, putting your garden in, it's going to end up looking differently in the end than you think it it will today. Because as time unfolds and you unfold and the nuance unfolds and the world impacts it, things shift. So when we grab onto perfection, we become rigid and limited and we create stress and strife for ourselves. So we want to focus on excellence, being teachable. One of the things I think about with excellence is the beginner's mind, where sometimes experts, we can think we know everything and we don't know everything. And so sometimes I like to sit back and be the beginner, be the learner, be the person who's hearing whatever it is for the first time. That helps me see what it is that's really going on. It helps me focus. So I want to focus on always expanding always being teachable, always learning, and going toward where I'm where I'm felt led to go, where I'm called to go. Because sometimes we can do anything. It's more about what are we called to do. So it's not what can you do. It's what feels really good in your heart to do. Then the you is to use your talents to serve other people and beings. Yeah, use your talents to serve. The Dead Sea is dead. Because there's an inflow and no outflow. Sometimes our angst, our separation, is because we are not serving. Now, some people think that serving is the same as giving, and it can look like that, but it's a different consciousness. Because you can throw money at something, or you can give away your stuff or whatever, but to do something in service means I'm doing it with the inner presence of unconditional love. The love that says, I love me enough and I love you enough. And here in a humble way, I serve you. Whether it's actually doing an action for somebody, whether it's financially helping them out, no matter what it is, am I serving them? How am I serving the world? Am I being kind to mother nature? Am I being kind to other sentient beings, right? How am I bringing a sense of well-being and service into the world. When we're being in an unselfish manner, opening and looking for opportunity to serve, whether it's holding a door for somebody, helping someone across the street, or maybe sometimes it's just smiling at your neighbor who's always grumpy, or maybe it's just stepping out of your own comfort zone for a minute to see how you can help another person, no matter what it is. Or no matter how little or how big, it doesn't matter. Content doesn't matter. Your heart matters. Your intention matters. Your focus matters. That's what matters. So you want to use your talents to serve other people. Selfishness is the opposite of this, where you keep it all for yourself. That's not, that's not the goal of being joyful. And the last uh, step, which is the L, means to laugh. When you laugh and play and you smile, You raise your energy, you raise your field, you raise who you are, you open possibilities, you become more free and less limited. So laughter is really important. I remember years ago, 
many years ago now, um, I went through a time where I was depressed and felt really like heavy. And, and, um, the first time I laughed and like laughed out loud and I was with a friend, I'm like, and I remember thinking, wow, it feels so good just to laugh again. I remember, um, after, um, a lot of the restrictions from the pandemic were starting to lift and I went out to, um, lunch with a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a long time. And, we're sitting there eating and we were laughing about something. And I remember a similar feeling like, wow, I get to connect with another human and I get to laugh. Laughter really, really helps. It helps us be independent, sovereign beings. It helps us um, bring more joy to the world. It helps us let that part of us out. And we want to ask ourselves that the age old question, right? Have you lived 10,000 days or more the same day over and over, or is every day different? Are you just sleepwalking through life, doing every day? Because that's what I do. You know, I used to hear that all the time. You know, you get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up and do it again. And people are like, are acting like robots and not appreciating the nuance and the expanse of life. Now, that's because we were trained to do that. So the key here is to remember that we're undoing some old training. We live in a culture that wants us to be like automatons because that's how we serve it. So if you're going to be a free thinking person and you're going to have joy in your life, you're going to have to go within and evict some of those lies. Remember, jettison the lies. You want to practice being who you really are and not in a way that is um, degrading to yourself. I see some people say, well, this is just how I am. and when you say, this is just how I am, no, your essence is not that. That's a defensive, nasty stand using this is how I am or this is the truth in that sneery kind of angry way as a defense. That's not who you are. Who you are is kind and gentle and amazing and beautiful. And that this is how I am is a defensive way to try to claim authority in the world from your ego that's not your amigo, not from your essence. Your essence finds gratitude and service and success. Your essence looks within and acts upon the world. Your ego reacts to the world. It's very simple to see. And so sometimes people will say, you know, that they're telling the truth in a way that is very pompous or arrogant or fearful. And that means they're disconnected from who they are. And we want to get reconnected. So remember that joy and joyful living lives in like the eternal present moment. That's how we maintain joy is just always living in the present moment, even though we have goals and we have past and histories, but we're in the moment. We bring ourselves back. What's going on now? What's going on now? And I notice that some people have what I call ADD, adventure deficit disorder. And adventure deficit disorder comes when we're so in the motion and the sleepwalking treadmill mill of whatever we're doing that we forget to have fun along the way. We forget to let the joy show up. I've got trapped in that a couple times in my life. So the key here is to do whatever brings you joy that, because what brings you joy is for the benefit of others. So if what brings you joy is bringing pain to yourself or another person of any kind, then it's not joy. It's your ego. That's not your amigo. So I hope these six ways to focus on having more joy in your life have served you. Now, the practice is to practice it every day. What can I jettison from the past? An old belief, an old idea, an old statement, an old thing. 
What can I omit? Worry. What? Can, how can I stop myself from worrying? How can I focus on something better? How can I yield to the higher good of the world? How can I focus on my excellence, not being all perfect all the time? And how can I use my talents to serve others? And then how can I laugh today? All of those are doable by all of us on some level or another. So I hope this has served you. Practice, have fun. Feel free to contact me at any time. My email's in the show notes and you can go on my website and have a free 30-minute call with me. If you hear this and there's something you want to talk about, do it. I love discovery calls. We get on Zoom and do have 30 minutes to share what you'd like. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, remember that you're a rock star and you're here on purpose with a purpose. You are meant to do great things. You are meant and designed to live from a place of joy. So go out there and keep shedding off all that nasty stuff so that you too can be alive, alert, awake, and enthusiastic. Until the next episode, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.